guys, Jen here, and welcome back to another episode of the Day to Night podcast. I hope you're doing well. Um, <clears throat> what's it? I have finals coming up, so like, n- uh, no, I have one this Friday and then two next week. Um, but yeah, other than the stress and anxiety and all of that that comes with finals, I'm doing pretty good. Um, <clears throat> also, uh, the weather. I hope the weather is good wherever you are as well. Um, It was a bit rainy and a bit drizzly yesterday, um, just like on and off. But today it's doing a lot better. It looks pretty sunny outside right now. So hopefully if I get the time, I can take Teddy out for a walk um, since he couldn't go out yesterday. Because not because I didn't want to, but because when it rains, he refuses to. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and um, so there's that. Um, so I'm hoping everything is good for you. Um, but speaking of finals, I thought I would base today's episode around exams and things like that, right? Because I was thinking, out of my hatred and my stress for for finals and exams, I was thinking, why do exams or uh, quizzes or tests or any sort of academic assessment tool, why do they exist, right? Because, I mean, like, for the most part, I feel like, um, especially with students, um, when you're forced to learn a subject or, like, study about a topic of some sort, and you're forced to do this, and you have no interest in it, in this particular subject or topic, uh, and you're forced to do it just so that you can take a test or quiz or exam or something and get a grade that is deemed as passable, right? When you're forced to do that, I feel like you just regurgitate all the knowledge that you've crammed into your memory, like your your the short end of your long-term memory. You've crammed it all in there and you just regurgitate it out. And then once it's out, it's out for good, Right? Um, whereas topics or subjects that you are genuinely interested in, um, those will stick in your brain a lot longer, right? Because you're just interested in it. It makes sense to you and things like that. So, um, I'm not talking about, uh, and if you want to like test all of that knowledge that you've learned about that thing that you're interested in, like, that's not what I'm trying to like talk about today. I'm trying to talk about and question the existence of why we have to study or topics or subjects that we're not even interested in but we don't really get a say in right that's what I want to talk about today um, so uh, I feel like most people my age maybe like 20s maybe uh, late teens would know this as well but there are multiple forms of intelligence right um, when I was growing up at the very least um, the only form of intelligence I knew was academic if you were good in school, you were just, you were good to go. Like, you were a smart kid, you know? Um, but, obviously, as I grew up, I realized that's not the case. There are people who may not necessarily be the smartest when it comes to school, but they're very smart in terms of social situations, or they're very smart in other ways, like, maybe they're super creative, right? Um... Or maybe they're, you know, they're intelligent in many other ways that I just cannot fathom, you know, like I can't like conceptualize their intelligence, right? Um, but growing up, that wasn't the case. It was either you're good at school or you're not smart, right? And so that, and I think a lot of Asian 
cultures as well have that kind of thing and maybe other cultures um but basing this off of stereotypes <laughs> um yeah like for me i mean my parents were definitely you know they f- they fit that asian stereotype of you have to be good at school and so for me that like i think that made up a huge part of my identity when i was growing up and it was i have to be good at school i have to be in that top tier in my class otherwise i'm not good enough like my whole identity was based off of that and maybe not whole identity but the vast majority of it and um it's sad you know and it just got me thinking like why did i spend so much time studying for things that i did not even like like i genuinely <laughs> there was this one time when i genuinely asked um my biology teacher and i liked biology right it was fun but there came a day when i realized like why am i learning all of these facts when i know i'm not going to be using these facts in my future life and so the example that i used when i was asking her this was um, why do i have to learn about mitosis right especially when it's not like i'm going to go to the supermarket and i'm not going to go to like uh the meat section and it's not like i'm going to look at a pack of meat that's like you know prepackaged and everything i'm not going to look at this piece of meat or like steak or whatever and be like this cow underwent mitosis <laughs> the cells did this 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 these cow somatic cells did this 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 and so now we have this beautiful piece of meat you know <laughs> it's not like i'm going to stand there and just like admire this piece of meat because it went through mitosis you know and it's not like it's going to help me it's just going to be like does this meat look good <laughs> you know um that's all i'm going to be considering and so that got me thinking like why why you know like why do we have these exams and why do we have these tests like where did it originate from like i had so many questions and so um so this all of this got me thinking like what's the real like the first reason for having exams like is this a thing that ancient philosophers started to be like i'm only going to take in uh, disciples who meet my standard of intelligent you know or um like where did it start like um where did this whole concept of testing someone's knowledge about a certain topic come from because like with intelligence tests like iq tests and stuff like i know where that came from for the most part uh, or at the very least the first type right and i'll touch on that in a second but like what's the purpose of having exams like where did the to- like the concept of exams come from you know because i think exams and like some form of assessment of like your knowledge came before intelligence tests um so like why what was the pr- like why did we need to give numbers and letter and or letters to how academically smart someone is right it's cuz it's it's lit- like to me how i see it is you're literally just giving them like a letter that i a letter or a number in my case for my unit bleh, for my uni it's um it's a it's a letter so it's literally just being like here this is your letter this is how smart you are go live your life now with this letter now like this b b plus a a plus is going to make up your identity right and i feel like 
maybe this is just because I came from a family and a background where uh, numbers and academic grades was of such big importance and because of that it kind of ruined my like I guess my confidence or my self-esteem and things like that um maybe this is why I'm like I don't want to be reduced to a number or a letter um so yeah that's just kind of my two cents on it and why like what also another question that I had was like why did schools not like try to um I don't know what what the word is <laughs> my brain's just stuck with like uh my studies for finals but like why does schools not really like put as much effort into um letting students know that it's okay if you're not academically smart now I I know that kind of goes against the whole premise of why a school exists uh but I think that as a teacher they kind of have this responsibility to make sure that students and the kids there know that they're not worthless, you know? Oh, you got like 20%? That's okay. Maybe you're you're like really sportsy, you know? And sportsy, that's no sporty. <laughs> Maybe you're really sporty and you're, you know, you're not meant to be a university professor, but you're meant to be, I don't know, a football professional football player, you know? Like why why did teachers not really like it was it was either like um let's say uh this student let's say i don't know uh john doe or jane doe, whatever the student right is maybe not so good at maths right maths is not their strong suit but they're like very like physically athletic so they're really good at like i don't know swimming um so they're like focused on swimming because that's what they're good at that's what they really enjoy so the pe department is like yes swim you are fantastic at this swim focus on your swimming career whereas the math teacher will be like you're not putting enough effort into your math studies when it's like like push the student definitely but like do not shame them. Like, I feel like there are a lot of teachers who will shame students because they're not interested or they're not um, as enthusiastic about the subject that they were um, enthusiastic about or that they're teaching, you know? And um, I don't know. I feel like teachers have a bit of a responsibility to make sure that just because a student doesn't do well in their subject that they shouldn't shame them and make them feel like they're somehow not good enough or they're somehow like worthless or something, right? Because there are so many other forms of intelligence, you know? Um, and I feel like teachers <laughs> should know this. <laughs> um, another question I had was like, why, like, how did exams quizzes tests whatnot how did they become so relevant like why again like this kind of goes back to the why do we need to separate people in terms of how smart they are or how smart we deem they are because there are so like even with just test performance right there's so many factors that go into how well you perform on an exam like how much sleep you got the night before or whether you had a, a you know a good breakfast maybe you're starving at that point because you didn't you didn't have the time because you were like hardcore studying the night before and like that morning so you didn't have time to eat dinner or breakfast and so you're starving so your brain literally does not have the energy to function right and to work and maybe that's the case i don't know but like 
there are so many other factors and maybe like you have such traumatic experiences with an exam or maybe with a particular exam site um that causes you to have panic attacks or like it gives you some really bad anxiety um and you know like that number that eventual number or that eventual letter that is given to you does not regard all of these factors that could have hindered your test performance so it's not a real good indicator of how smart you are like right um i don't know if i'm making any sense but I'm not trying to say that exams and tests and whatnot are bad. I think they're fine. It's just, I think the whole world, <laughs> yes, the whole world, <laughs> um, could maybe change how they view these things. Because um, I feel like it could be very, very toxic for a lot of people. Actually, not could. I know it can be very, very toxic for a lot of people. Um so going back to the whole history of IQ tests thing, um, this is why I don't like the whole like, um, these kids are smart and the others are not so smart. Like I don't like that kind of um, mindset because the whole reason that the first IQ test came about was because um, the French government uh, commissioned this uh, psychologist person, I forgot, his, I forgot his first name, but it was like Benet or something. Uh, his last name is Binet, and he and this other person, again, I forgot the name, <laughs> they came up with the first IQ test to help students who were struggling with the school curriculum. Not to identify the smart ones, but to identify the ones who were struggling and to give them extra help. Not to be like, oh, these kids are gifted. We're going to make them even, we're going to push them even harder, you know? It wasn't that. It was, let's see who's who's struggling. Let's see who needs more help. And let's help these students who need more help. Um, and and then there's also like, and that's like the, the, I guess, the IQ test that we think of for like academic intelligence, right? But then there's also like theories about, um, other types of intelligence. Um, again, I forgot the names. I, yeah, not not the best for me. I know, um, but I think his name was Sternberg. Um, but his model was that there are three types. There's um, academic, there is um, creative, and then there's I think it was like person smart or something. I can't remember. But basically, what it is is academic smart, so like school smart, and then. Um, like school smart, book smart, and then there's creative, you know, people who are just naturally very creative, and then there are people who are socially smart, so like street smart kind of. Um, and then there's this other guy who suggested the multiple intelligence model, which um, says that there, I think it was like nine, eight or nine types of intelligence, so he made it into like, um, you know, you've got your normal three, and then um, he also added in things like uh, general actually it wasn't another guy can't remember <laughs> there are so many um but he also had, but this other guy this multiple intelligence person he also suggested um one thing that i remember is that's my alarm to get me to start working for my finals but anyways um to finish this quickly <laughs> um what it, oh musical intelligence um yeah, I think there was also something to do with sports as well. I can't remember for sure. Um, 
yes, I, I learned about this stuff like last year, which is why I don't really, <laughs> really remember it. Um, but yeah, so there are so many other types of intelligence. And then there's, um, as I mentioned earlier, there's this thing called the G factor, which is like general intelligence. Um, I didn't quite understand the concept of this, but I think that's just like, a, uh, actually, I'm not going to go into that because I don't really know. But um, if you're interested, go ahead and do some of your own extra research. Um, so yeah, there, there's that. There's like so many different types of intelligence. And yet, um, when you're in school, there's just so much focus on like academic intelligence. And I hate it. Um, I really do. I really do. <laughs> um, yeah, you're gonna like, I am not a fan of grades at all as well. Because again, like they're just not a good indicator of how smart you are. Um, yeah, they're not. Also, um, what I feel like a lot of people forget about as well when it comes to intelligence and like um, testing people is we forget about those people who may not necessarily uh, think or work or function or um, like perform in the same way that we do, right? So um, when I was like doing some research about intelligence tests, um, and it was only for like two seconds that I did this because I was like, oh, okay, cool. Um, but from what I remember, there are intelligence tests that uh, don't use any kind of like questions that are like, uh, look at these, I don't know, pictures and what's the pattern, yada, yada, yada. It's not like that, but it's like um, just purely based off of pictures and what the kids draw and things like that. Um, and there's another one that was, I think, I think it's called like nonverbal something. Um, so I can't remember exactly what they used uh, for that, but yeah, so it's like not, if you don't speak, right, for whatever reason, if someone doesn't speak, like you can use this nonverbal intelligence test, right? Because if you don't speak and you don't like necessarily function or process information the same way that, I don't know, a neurotypical person might, right? Um, then it's very easy to just jump to the conclusion that this person is not smart, that this person isn't intelligent, right? And that is not the case. Um, like for the example of uh, autistic people, let's say. Um, for some autistic people who uh, can't speak, um, like in the past, they were just assumed to be, uh, you know, not smart, right? Because they can't speak. Um, however, in recent days with technology and everything, people found out that actually they do learn language. They can speak. It's just not with their own voice. They can type things out and everything is grammatically correct. They like in terms of the actual words and the language that they're using, but just typing, um, it's more or less at the level of their age, of their age group and, and their peers. So yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm just very touchy about this whole intelligence thing. And I guess it comes from the whole like Asian parenting thing as well. But um, yeah, I just thought that it was worth uh, talking about inventing a little bit and just I don't know if my opinions and all of my thoughts came across, but I tried. Um, so yeah, I'd better go 
actually start working and um, getting some work done. So I will end it here. Oh my goodness, it's going to be so short. I think this is my shortest episode yet. But um, I hope you enjoyed that or um, or got some insight into how my brain works and how my brain functions and the fact that I get a lot of questions about things. Um, yeah. <laughs> I hope you have a wonderful day. Um, and while you're having a wonderful day, it would be amazing if you could give this podcast a rating or a review. That would be amazing. Uh, follow or subscribe so that you don't miss uh, an episode. You can also follow me on Instagram or on Twitter. Um, I will leave those in the show notes. I hope you have a wonderful day, a wonderful rest of the week. Stay safe, stay healthy, and don't forget to smile. I will come talk to you next week. Bye!